playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Hello and welcome to episode five of On the Board Podcast. My name is Colby McKee. Across from me, it's Lance Dahl. Hello. And across from him, it's not Jesse Christensen. Jesse's no, uh, out today. I know. We got Mr. Scott Roblin with us. Scott is a news and sports reporter with Chat TV. Also writes for DailyHive.com. Scott, thanks for coming in today. No, thank you. Thanks Appreciate for having me. Appreciate you have her coming. God bless board. you, Scott. No, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Lance. Pinch hitting for, for Jesse. We'll hopefully get him back next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we can call this the free agency episode because both NHL and NBA are absolutely crazy right now yeah the timelines on twitter the last few weeks like this whole weekend i was glued to my phone it was unbelievable yeah i uh i was busy for most of sunday and monday so i tried to catch up on everything like this afternoon yeah nuts yeah. for for me like i i was covering stuff in the evening so it wasn't until kind of midday for the weekend that i started so i at at least that allowed me to get some time to catch up on some of the free agency stuff. And, uh, you know, speaking of the NHL stuff, like I, uh, I was getting ready for work and then I just got a notification about, uh, about an offer sheet. First time in six years I've gotten that notification. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That's but, something. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal is going after, uh, Sebastian Aho of the Carolina Hurricanes. Unfortunately, that's not going to be no dice for those Canadians. They're not going to get Aho because can you, uh, the Hurricanes are easily going to match that contract. It's yeah. so like five years, 42.27, 8.4. I feel like the Hurricanes, they were going to offer him more than that without an offer sheet. I don't know why Canadians even offered to put that know. bid in. Well, the biggest thing with that is the the 8.4. That's at the very top of that third tier when you talk about compensation for players. Yeah. And Montreal trying to get Ajo, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but... Uh, they weren't willing to give up uh, two firsts, a second and a third, which would have been a move up. The next from level up. The, the next level. So if they spent $1 more than they offered, they would have had to possibly give up two firsts along with the second and third. So uh, I guess that was the limit Mark Bergevin was was going for. As soon as it came out, uh, there were two different feelings. The first feeling was, oh my God, there's an offer sheet. Like, this yeah. is incredible. <laughs> and then the second was, really, that's it? Like Sebastian Ajo put up 35 goals and was a point per game player in just his third year in the NHL, and he's only 21 years old. Like, yeah. this is a guy who conceivably in the next couple of years could hit 100 points, uh, depending on what the supporting cast around him in Carolina is. So when you see that number, it's, it's, like you said, it's nothing that's outside of the realm of what Carolina would have offered. Don Waddell, the GM, the other day said, well, at least my summer's kind of cleared up now. I don't have to worry about negotiating a contract with our biggest RFAs. So I, I, guess. I honestly think he could have earned more without an offer sheet. I think if he would have been able to press his luck a little bit more and push Hurricanes management, he could have got nine, maybe close to $10 million. Yeah, it's just really interesting because, I mean, Sebastian Ajo would have had to obviously agree to that, yes. those terms and that deal, which makes it super interesting from a Carolina perspective because it's like, you know, now he's going to be a UFA in five years, and he's, I think we can pretty well safely say, not going to be in Carolina. I mean, that's hard to forecast five years down the road. As a 26 year old, that he's but prime for I'm willing to bet yeah. he's going to be asking for a lot more money. He's probably going to get it from somewhere else. And it's just interesting from the Montreal perspective because they need another top six center. Yep. Like They need to find one, right? percent, yeah. And they're not done yet. But this almost was a way of Bergevin, I guess, taming 
the Montreal fan base and saying, you know what, like, look, we we had someone who wanted to come here. Don't don't remember that we we missed out on Duchesne. Forget about that. Yeah, we tried to get Aho and he signed. From, he was ready to come. From a PR perspective, it's a great move from the the Habs exactly. because it looks like they're actually doing something to solve some of their positional needs. Um, the the thing with Aho that is interesting in this, obviously, you know, the Hurricanes have said that we are going to match the steal, but the the two things they got to watch out for is the way the uh, contract is structured. It's very bonus heavy and it's a lot of that money is coming from up front, which yeah. Carolina did not want to do being a team that really doesn't like to spend a whole ton of money. And we're not talking just about cap hit. We're talking about actual dollars spent for the team. Yeah. And so when you have a player that is getting all this money up front and all these bonuses that might hamper financially what the team is able to do, let's say next season going into the season after that. The other interesting thing, and you brought this up, Lance, is it only buys one UFA year out yeah. of Ajo. And that is is going to be if things progress the way they have progressed over the last three years and keep on the same track, that is going to be a nasty contract for uh, for the Hurricanes in a few years here. Yeah, it's going to be a, a whole lot of not fun. I don't want to spend too much time on Ajo because there's so many other things that happened. But uh, yeah, the biggest just, fish of the day, I guess you could say, was Artemi Panarin. Yeah, finally mm-hmm. going uh, and he's going to the the Big Apple. Yeah, I got to eat Rangers. it on that because I I didn't think there was a chance. I, I think I mentioned the Rangers the last week, but uh, definitely seven years, eighty one and a half million dollars. Uh, I guess surrounding Panarin with a lot of young talent as well as a lot of veteran talent, and he's going to be a star, I think, out in uh, in Rangers land. It's just a weird spot for the Islanders, or not for the Islanders, for the, for the Rangers, Rangers. Sorry, it's yeah. just such a strange spot because it's like. They've gone from tear down rebuild to hey, we're getting the top free agents in the span of weeks, right? It's and the number two overall draft pick in Capo Caco. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, And they still have Philip Heedle, and they have Leas Anderson and Adam Fox, if he is turning into something. Even Hayek, Brett Howden. Like, yeah, they, the they Russian winger, good. too, that Kratsov. Or yeah, Kratsov. Yeah, so. They have so many guys. And then, I mean, you already have a couple guys that have been there. Like, Jesper Faust is already wearing an A. Like, yeah. I mean, Ryan Strom, he's going to be a depth for But you have these pieces. It's just... It's so weird, and we're not even talking about Nemesnikov or Chris Kreider, who have contracts coming up after this season. So it's just, it's such a strange spot to look at the Rangers and how they've almost tried to propel themselves because. Who is Georgiev going to be their goaltender? That's the question, my right? <laughs> It's just so strange. Well, and, and another thing, like Jacob Truba, like they just got a, mm-hmm. a top four defenseman from Winnipeg. So, um, what direction is this team to? Like, are we done? Is the rebuild over? Like, because I must have missed the boat on that yeah. one. <laughs> Me too. Me. I like, honestly, be going for playoffs right now, like this year. I guess, like I, I don't know because is it, is it keeping up with the Joneses in the in the Metro though? Because you see the moves that New Jersey's making, and yep. uh, I mean the Islanders, even though they didn't get one of the big fish, they still upgraded a few positions as well, and they obviously were one of the best teams in the Metro last year. So what about is it, those Penguins, is it just trying to keep up with these teams by? And, and the Rangers, this isn't a, a, a surprise, I guess, when you take a look at their history of they usually attract some of the biggest free agents because they have so much capital to spend. Yeah. You just look back to their mid-2000s where they're handing out you know, <laughs> tens of millions of dollar contracts like it's confetti. Like you <laughs> yeah, get true. Chris Drury and Scott Gomez onto massive deals. So Were they firing money at McGillney at that time, too? Oh, it might have been a little bit earlier. Was that earlier? A little bit earlier. I can't remember for sure. But just, he did get some money. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. It's just It's a very weird spot because even with all those young guys, Guys, at best, they're going to blossom in what, like two to four years? Yeah, right. That puts Panarin at 30. 
and then yep. it's like then you have that's your window right like yep. it's still not right now and th- that's the thing like we're going to talk about all these free agent signings and we're going to say how great they are and they are pretty cool and they're great for some teams but at the end of the day we we tend to also overvalue them a little bit like let's remember that the rangers are still going to be a few years away I think so. Yeah, they need a goalie. They need a goalie of the mm-hmm. future. 100%. I think so. And Georgiev, he'd have games where he looks like a star. He stops 50 pucks, <laughs> and then he'd have another game where he allows two in the first period, and it's like, what are you? Right? That's yeah. almost kind of like what Bobrovsky is, if we can switch over absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, I absolutely loved what Florida did. Between Bobrovsky, Brett Connolly, Noel Achari, and Anto- Anton Strauman, my God. They you talk about addressing better. a need. Oh, yeah. my God. They addressed all of them yeah. in a day. It was just brilliant. I loved... All of those moves. And you also have like those, their key guys are all locked up long term, whether it's Barkov or Trocek, Glad, yeah, Huberto, Yandel, uh, even Matheson on the back end is locked up for a while. So you have all these pieces that are already in place. And now you got a stable goaltending between him yeah. and, the, and Spencer Knight they just drafted. Yeah. Uh, their, their goaltending should be set for, for years to come. Sam Montebo shouldn't be slept on either. No, I think he's going to turn into a good backup in this league. Yeah, he's an RFA, I think, right now. Yeah. So they got to figure that out, but it's not going to be anything serious. But I loved what the Panthers did. They might have won free agency for me this year. Like, like Anton Strahlman, sneaky good. Great, great deal. Sneaky good. Yeah. Like, I, I absolutely loved everything they did. And, and the one thing I, I think about a guy like Anton Strahlman, who, you know, for so for a bunch of years, he was one of the primary offensive guys on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they bring in guys like Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi, and then he kind of gets, you know, I guess a little bit of the offensive responsibilities taken away. Mm-hmm. What kind of impact is Anton Strahlman going to have on a guy like Aaron Ekblad, who I feel is still trying to find his footing somewhat in the NHL? Like, I'm not talking about Ekblad being a bad player, but he hasn't reached his offensive potential of being a number one overall pick like he was a couple of years ago. So to have a guy like Strahlman, who's a veteran of this league, possibly playing on the same pairing, like that's that's a good sign for a guy like Aaron Ekblad, who's still in his early to mid-20s. Right, yeah. I mean, between Ekblad, Yandel, Matheson, and now Strong, yeah. like, your top four is pretty good. That's pretty damn like, good. Like, sneaky good in Florida. I liked it. We could be here all day with the I NHL know. science. I think we're just going to try to run through these. If you guys want to stop at any point, oh, just I want to stop know. a lot. There's so much that's Duchesne interesting. Duchesne going to Nashville on a seven-year, $56 million deal. Pavelski leaves San Jose Love it. as a 35-year-old going to Dallas on a three-year deal. I like that, too. I think also, Corey Perry. Corey Those Perry on a one-year ads. deal as well. Yes. Uh, Anders Lee. They also got Andre Sakara can't sleep on him either. Just yeah. Moving if on. he can stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, because he's is he going to be injured going into the next year? Uh, who knows? <laughs> like, I mean, really I mean if you look at his track record, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything like, who can knows? happen. Uh, Anders Lee re-signs with the Islanders, the captain. Seven years, $49 million. Zuccarello goes to... Zuccarello. Yeah. Zuccarello. Uh, wild. Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Did you see the comment that Paul Fenton put out after he got signed? It is one of the strangest quotes I've ever heard in my entire life. He basically compared Matt Zuccarello to a lizard nice. on Twitter. It's Look it up. It is one of the strangest quotes I've ever... And it's not like, oh, it's buried somewhere deep in a press release or he deep really in a story. It. it is the Minnesota Wild tweeting out they have signed Zuccarello and in the Twitter Tweet. That yeah. is the quote talking nice. about how he's a lizard. <laughs> I love to see it. I don't know what that means. No, but, uh, none of us know what it means. Yeah. What's the, yeah, We're what's not the supposed comparison? to know. Also, they got uh, Ryan Hartman in Minnesota for like just under two mil a year on two okay. years. Okay, nice step I'll, forward. I was there. interested to see where Ryan Hartman goes because he's he he was so big when he was in like Nashville. Former first old, in Chicago. Former first round pick. He got traded for a first round draft yeah. pick uh, to Nashville. So yeah. How about know, Wayne Hartman's Simmons in. going to the Devils on a one year? Stop. I don't even. I was my mind was blown that Wayne Simmons got five million dollars, and then I saw it was the Devils, and it all made sense. <laughs> but, I mean, he scored thirty goals in his in 
He also had like three points last year. I yeah, think. a bad tough, year. Really tough year. Okay, really well, three year. points with Nashville, maybe. But. Uh, Robin Lanner surprisingly leaves Long Island for Chicago on a one-year deal. Was it a case of they not wanting him back? He says it was not on his end. It was all on the team's end. It sounded like he wanted to stay, but negotiations were going back and forth with the Islanders, and eventually... He said he wanted to stay, but he also, like any free agent, wants a specific term and a specific dollar amount. And they kept going back and forth. And finally, the Islanders stopped calling him and said, "Okay, (laughs) we're going with Varlamov because you're taking too long. Yeah, apparently Ken Campbell of the Hockey News said that he turned down a two-year deal worth less than the $5 million that he got in Chicago. Okay. It's interesting, though. We were talking about goaltending things for the uh, Rangers. Watch for Robin Leonard if he has a good year this year. That would be a great... I love that. Just saying. I think that would be, be a, a great pickup heading into next year. Uh, and I guess the the trade that you even reminded me of, that's not even on our list. There's so many things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. The Toronto-Colorado trade that happened on Sun Monday? Was it Canada? Yeah, it was yesterday, Canada yeah. Day. Um, Caudry going to Colorado... And Barry, the main key pieces uh, heading back to Toronto with uh, Kerfoot and a six-round pick and Callie Rosen and a third-rounder going to Colorado. Uh, I think this is a great move for the Maple Leafs. I know Jesse's not here to talk about it, but he has a great, I think. Yeah. Moving I mean, out a depth center. I mean, Kadri's going to get you 30 goals. He's going to get you 30 goals on Colorado, no doubt. Yeah. But to get that depth defenseman is, is valuable for and that they team. got... Colorado to retain half of Barry's salary, which right. is, is the huge. craziest part of that deal. Yeah. Like it, it, it's that classic case of of trading a strength to address a weakness. And Toronto's weakness for years has been that right side on defense, and they haven't had anyone to really carry the load on the back end. And even though his defensive game might uh, be a little shoddy at some points, man, one of the best puck moving defenders in the NHL, and I think that fits so well with Toronto's system of just having speed and attack on the wings. That uh, instead of flipping it up off the glass. You can have someone joining in the rush with uh, with uh, Tyson Berry. One other thing I want to add, though, on that, d- don't sleep on Kerfoot. I yeah. think he, yeah. he's being kind of overlooked in this deal. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, there's mm-hmm. bigger pieces. But um, I've been really impressed with what, what he's been able to do in spurts in Colorado. I mean, he still has to round out his game, and he's defensively still not the best piece. But I just imagine him playing third-line minutes with Toronto, possibly some power play time, possibly playing with a guy like... Um, like uh, Johnson or Kapanen, maybe mm-hmm. uh, there. There's some opportunity there for Kerf- Kerfoot, maybe to score 20 goals next year. I, think. I yeah. know, I know, Babcock. Like, I mean, he lost Connor Brown to free agency. I wonder if uh, if Kerfoot could potentially go into a, a, a Austin Matthews line as well. Well, and, and jump up there. And that's the other thing with Zach Hyman, you know, rehabbing from that ACL. Who knows if he's going to be ready for the start of the year? So Kerfoot's a guy who's, you know, he's played with McKinnon, he's played with Landeskog before. Yeah. There's a chance that he could play top six minutes until Hyman's ready to rejoin the lineup. Yeah, it was interesting with Toronto. They made a lot of moves. I mean, they also brought in Cody CC and yeah. Ben Harper. And uh, it was just, uh, it was very interesting to to hear. And it seems like it's pretty well out there now. It's, I've seen it in a bunch of places how Kadri nixed the deal to Calgary. Did he? Which is yep. very interesting because wow. then the wheels start spinning. Okay, so... If we think that Barry was going, uh, we would assume that it was Brody that was a part of the deal. Just similarity in the play style. The, the one name I've heard Toronto being interested in for a few years now was Noah Hannafin. 
Yep. Oh wow. So I don't know. I like. I'm just speculating. I haven't really seen a ton of reports saying that he would have been the piece back for Kadri. But uh, I've seen even when Mitch Marner was on his really kind of low low point fourth line minutes for Toronto a couple of years ago, there was talk about a possible Marner for Hannafin deal with Carolina. Wow. So I I just look at Hannafin being on Calgary at that time and trade rumors surrounding Leafs. I, that's the name that comes to the top of my mind. Yeah. That's. Uh that would be interesting. It was just I, I thought it was interesting that Kadri didn't include the Flames on that ten on yeah. his ten team list because he had the modified no trade. So it was uh, kind of curious to to go to that spot. It's his spats with Mark Giordano. That it all yeah. goes back to that. Maybe <laughs> and it, if I I just want to like kind of spin this for a second. Yeah, because the Flames can't be done. And with, no. with Scott that's here writing for Daily Hive Calgary, it, it makes sense. Would and I, I I did some digging. Would the Flames ever consider a trade? With the Islanders, perhaps I was I was going through the Islanders need some defensemen, mm-hmm. and I feel like TJ Brody like they're not gonna I don't think they're taking Hamonic back no <laughs> but like TJ Brody going out to Long Island maybe you somehow put Froelich as a part of it and you get a guy like Brock Nelson back with a pick or something like that well mm. th- those are the two names that you know the, the have been in rumors for the Flames for months now that mm-hmm. they're going to get moved and and the more I look at the cap situation especially after the signing of Cam Talbot it, somebody has to go because you have uh, about nine and a half million dollars to spend between Matthew Kachuk, David Riddich, and Sam Bennett, and mm-hmm. there's there's just not enough money because you you have to think that Kachuk's going to be making at least eight. Yeah. So there there's not going to be enough money around. So Islanders are an interesting one. Um, I I think if you're going to move TJ Brody, the 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 way I've thought about it is. For a player like him, I'd be more apt for trading for a leak at this point because it's it's a less of a hit to the forward core, I guess, than, yeah. than the D core. Because yeah. um, I think even though Brody has his faults, he's still a genuine top four defenseman in this right. league. Whereas Frohly kind of bounces between second and third pairing, and they are second and third line, and they make roughly the same amount. My interesting thing to be is. If the Flames, for whatever reason, don't have the season they're expecting or middle of the pack or even on the outside looking in on the playoff race, man, TJ Brody with one year left on his deal at the trade deadline might be an interesting little piece to get some assets back. But of course, they need cap space now. So that's that's an interesting idea. I haven't thought about the Islanders before. When I just looked at them, it's like like they're not going to run it back with the exact same team. Right now, that's what they have, excluding Varlamov. They're running it back with the exact same team. I don't know. I just thought that might be a spot that you might see a little bit of movement, and then you bring in a guy that can play top six like a Brock Nelson. And and just kind of see where it runs, but I don't know. That's all. That's Flames, my tangent, Colby. Flames aren't the only team that in a potential cap crunch. We mentioned Toronto. We mentioned uh, oh, uh, Winnipeg as well. Of teams worse These off. RFA's that are coming up are like we mentioned last week. They're the best that we've seen in years. Yep. And is Marner going to set the table on? By the time we come here next week, are we going to be seeing some RFA's sign some deals outside of Aho? Like uh, this, I don't know. That's the next bunch because the the UFA market is. And God bless them, but they're not great anymore. No. And these RFAs are the cream of the crop. I think the Kachuk and Kyle Connor, even Besser, was it Besser that's out there. I think their yeah. market now just kind of got set by Sebastian Ajo's offer sheet, though. Yeah. The, the one interesting piece I, I would throw into this, though, and I think I think it's an outlier more than anything, but did you guys see Timo Meyer's deal he signed with San Jose? Yeah. He yep. needs to fire his agent immediately. Yeah. <laughs> He's earning only six million dollars for like yeah. the next four seasons. Like for a guy who has the potential to be an eighty-point guy in this league, maybe even more. But he hasn't yet. He hasn't. And, and these guys, these guys on this list have, if not more. Yeah, but uh, Timo Meyer is a little bit of a different animal 
when you really? consider yeah look what it's around him like I mean there's so many guys ahead of him and like, I he, think he's not getting the same amount of minutes that those other guys are and I think Timo Meyer is a little bit different case than a lot of the RFAs are out there because I mean you go down the list of like Kyle Connor or Brock Besser or Mitch Marner you know these mostly are guys that are high-end scoring machines usually a little bit undersized um, I think other than Matthew Kachuk Timo Meyer is a power forward like he's a yep. big body guy who it, it's. I hate saying it, but intangibles are important in these discussions. Mm-hmm. And so I think Meyer brings a lot other than his scoring, but you take a look at just how exponentially better he's gotten at putting the puck in the net. This time last year, we weren't talking about Timo Meyer being a top six forward in the NHL. We are now. So where are we going to be in two, three years down the road? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that deal is going to look very, very good for the San Jose Sharks in a couple of years. Um, oh, yeah. So I don't know if it's an outlier or if it's setting the market, but I was kind of blown away when I saw that. They yeah. need to to save some cap wherever they can with the Carlson signing and, and everything oh, yeah. else. They let go of Pavelski, obviously. Braun, so some, let go of Braun. Let Braun mm-hmm. go, yes. So uh, some changes happening out in San Jose. Do you guys want to hit the real money, the real jackpot, yeah. the NBA, the millions yeah, and Yeah, we've been talking about pennies so far. Oh, and Tyler Myers also <laughs> signed. Okay. Don't forget that. Oh, Canucks. They suck. Yeah, well, we were talking about it. <laughs> Screw Canucks. We thought that he was going to get seven or eight. He only got six. Well, oh, we also so forgot about uh, Luongo as well. We didn't talk about oh, Luongo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, this is the only thing that's interesting okay. about that, like, we all know the story. What's crazy about it is if that Shea Weber retires in the last year of his contract, the National Predators will have $24 million on their cap from that retiring. Oh, my so, which God. is hilarious. And there's only a handful of players that are like it. There's Shea Weber, and then there's also uh, Zach Parise, and, or Parise, whatever he goes Ryan by. Ryan Suter. And Ryan Suter. The so other those ones. big, like, mid-2010 deals, yeah. basically. God, the pre-last lockout contracts yeah. are just hilarious. Hilarious. Like hilarious. They're so funny. Well. Also, Jonas Donskoy signed. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Enough <laughs> NBA NHL talk. Uh, NBA, let's, let's switch over to the hard court. Uh, some big deals, some big changes heading to Brooklyn. I guess we'll start there. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan. I got to eat it on this one, too. Are all teaming up to join in Brooklyn. Last week, I said Are you Kevin getting Durant full of Crow yet? Yeah. I got yeah. some right. Hey, I got Joe Pavelski right. Hey, Shut up. That's true. But like I, I said there was no chance Kevin Durant goes to Brooklyn, and well, here he is. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. And like the, I don't get it. What, the Knicks why? apparently were not willing to give a full max because of that Achilles. So what does Brooklyn do? The crosstown rivals that go ahead and and steal him. I guess so. Everyone is just like jumping for joy in Brooklyn. I guess why you should. Like it's that's cool it's that you start. got a bunch of good guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, there's some pieces there. Like, Allen's still there, I guess. And yeah. He's promising. Yeah. I, I'm just not, I'm not buying into the Nets. Yeah, I saw, a projected, I saw a projected line of going into the next year. You got Kyrie, you got Allen Crabb, you got Joe Harris, uh, and obviously DeAndre Jordan in the middle. But yeah, I They mean, lost D'Angelo Russell, too, which I think yeah, is a tough huge. one. We'll get to that one. That's a head scratcher. The, the interesting thing with this trio that's going to, to Brooklyn, I mean, we, we can list off on maybe two hands the number of trios that have formed in the NBA over the past <laughs> mm-hmm. years. Right. But... You're taking, and it's nothing against the, their basketball abilities because they're unbelievable, but you're taking two of the more insecure players in the NBA, mm-hmm. putting them in the New York market 100%. with all these expectations. Like, uh, their basketball oh. skills are incredible, but man, that's going to be a circus. Do you know how upset Durant was this past year at all the media surrounding him, even in Golden State, and he yeah. was going at reporters? Imagine the crap if he does go in front of cameras, even though he's rehabbing, uh, in the Brooklyn and the New York media, like you said, Scott. It's it's 
He's going to need five burner accounts just to vent all <laughs> of his frustration. I mean, he's, never, he's not going to hide it. He's Kevin no, Durant. He's no. like the best player when healthy in the NBA. And that's it's why this just, is such a fascinating, right? you know, uh, transaction by these players but I just <laughs> it's weird the the other thing that we'll have to watch is this is gonna be the first time since OKC that this is Durant's team yep yeah like yeah does he still have it to be the guy well he's, he's got is Kyrie he's gonna like that <laughs> whole, he played with, with LeBron and he was he didn't uh, like it no but he I think he also realizes that he can't take a team anymore. He needs some veteran leadership because the Celtics team he was on was a lot of young guys, the promising guys who were trying to overstep their boundaries with Kyrie. And they just kept know, fighting with each other. Kyrie is the veteran that needs to be the veteran leadership. Well, but he was surrounded by younger teammates. Yeah, that's your saying. job. You're he, Kyrie Irving. He doesn't do well, apparently, with Grow those. up. I know he should grow up. Be I'm better. So, I'm so excited for this Nets team. It's oh. going to be such a circus. An, yeah, right back to 2010 when they got uh, KG and Paul Pierce, and oh, that damn. was a shit show. Uh, Kemba Walker, speaking of the Celtics, he switches places with Kyrie. He joins the Celtics. I'm not super high on it. I, I'm surprised. I'll be honest with you. I mean, he's going to slot in with Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum and everybody, but it basically, it's to me, it's almost equals with yeah. Kyrie. Yeah. I don't know. Like I thought that when... I, maybe the Lakers didn't really pursue Kemba, but I thought if the Lakers really wanted him, he would go there. So I'm surprised that he went to Boston. So I don't know what that would have been about. But like I, I love Kemba Walker. I love what he brings to the court, and I love you know just the the way he can take over games individually. But I look at him on a contending team as a number two or a number three. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's not the guy, and I think Boston is, although they have Tatum, uh, Tatum and Hayward, I think they're wanting Walker to be that guy and then have those two kind of you know run support around him. So that's a, a fascinating situation, and they've already been burned by Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyrie and, uh, and Kemba are two very, very different players, but, uh, you know, it's to bring it back to kind of NHL terms. It's it's kind of like the Flames for goaltenders. It's like, okay, we'll give you a one year deal. Does it work out? No. Okay, we're gonna give you a one year yeah. deal. Does it work out? No. Yeah. So like, is this the end of that experiment? Because they did it with Hayward a couple of years ago. They did it with Kyrie. They're doing it again with Kemba. Like, is is the cycle gonna continue or is this the final destination for these guys to finally put together a winning team? Yeah, I don't know. They also brought in what Enos Cantor. Yeah, do your deal as well, which I mean helps scoring and rebounding. He, well, I don't think he can defend inside worth a damn. But he's filling in for Al Horford because the 76ers yeah. were damn busy. <laughs> they got Al Horford. They kept Tobias Harris on a max deal, yeah. and they traded out Jimmy Butler on a sign and trade with Miami. And they just uh, inked Simmons to a big contract as well. Today. Well, they offered him. That hasn't yeah, been accepted, that's true. right? That's so true. he's been offered a max deal. So a guy without a jump shot playing a game of basketball just got a max deal. Yep. How crazy is that? Yeah, can we do well, that? Like, uh, maybe uh, if if we're we just have to get enough. good at one thing, <laughs> yeah, like, right? insanely good at one thing. Right? It. It's nuts. And well, didn't they also get Josh Richardson back as well? A very sneaky transaction. Josh, like, he's on the mo- one of the most uh, team friendly deals yeah. probably in basketball, so that helps with their cap as well. But he's a sneaky good uh, shooting guard. I thought yeah. the Sixers did pretty well. All told, if if the Raptors don't keep Kawhi, which we'll get to later, I think Sixers are, are tooling up for another run at an mm-hmm. Eastern Conference title. So mm-hmm. very interesting note there. Uh, I guess we'll get to D'Angelo Russell. We talked about that with the Warriors. They are not going down without a fight. They signed and trade for a max deal with the uh, with D'Angelo Russell joining Curry. Yeah. And Draymond for the immediate future. When Clay Thompson comes back, he'll be there as well. It's a weird dynamic. Do, do they play all three of those guards when everyone's healthy come playoff time potentially? Does Clay go over to the three in a in a I think so. small lineup, the the death lineup, I guess, a, a revamped death lineup? I mean, they have to. any other team, I would say no, but you have a team that 
no one has seen like the Warriors that rely on perimeter shooting like mm-hmm. they do. And for smaller guys, they're, I think, the team that can pull it off, have three undersized guys at the guard position take the floor at one time. Yeah. Like, and when you, like you said, you bring them on a max, right? Yeah. They're going to have to be running them out. I, I would assume say, or, they're all going to be running out together. I don't think he's going to be a trade deadline acquisition like any of these other one year. Like he's no. a max, like you said. So Let I don't, me put it this way I don't see D'Angelo. Russell winning six man of the year. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good way of putting it. He Probably needs to not. have the ball in his hand, and I'm so I'm wondering how it's going to take away from Curry too. Well, it might let he he strived last year as the, as the lead guy in in Brooklyn, and I don't know how it's going to handle. Yeah, but. that was yeah. It's going to be curious because like like I've thought that Russell's just trajectory has gone so well over the last couple of years. It's very interesting that now he's going to Golden State and. uh Basically playing with a backcourt exactly like him. Yep. Yeah, they're not going down without a fight, those Warriors. Uh, We mentioned Clay Thompson staying with a max deal with the Warriors. Chris Middleton re-signs a max deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Porzingis, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis for the Mavericks, also signs for a max deal. He has not played a game with the Mavericks. Not surprising. But they are, yeah, he's a a great talent when healthy. Hopefully he comes back healthy this year. Uh, Vucevic stays with Orlando, Mm -hmm. four years, 100 million. They needed somebody, and I think... uh, you know, he's a 20 and 10 guy. Kind of reminds me of a Kevin Love when he was with the, the Timberwolves. Yeah, Maybe similar. A little bit of empty stats, perhaps, but I mean, they need somebody to go around. Well, and like you said, just to get some bodies, I mean, they, they re up Terrence Ross for another few years here. That's but, a great uh, call as well, yeah. The, I mean, like you said, they're they're just looking for warm bodies to hit the yeah. court basically <laughs> to share the ball. Yeah, more than anything. And uh, shout out Canada, Jamal Murray, Max deal with Denver Nuggets, so him right. and Jokic. Uh, and Denver is going to be sneaky good as well as Portland. They really retooled and restocked themselves up. Didn't even mention Hassan Whiteside getting traded from Miami to Portland. So Portland's going to be sneaky good as well. Yeah, that was good. I thought Utah did real well. Yeah. We didn't like, talk Utah about Mike Conley. Be, yeah. Utah might be one of my favorites in that conference. Bogdanovich. Mike Conley there, came yeah. in. I, they got Ed Davis in there. Like, I, mean, I think I just saw driving in. They signed Emmanuel Moutier as well. Jeez. So uh, yeah. they're they're really sucking up. And with the Warriors the way they are, they're they're very like we thought they were vulnerable last year. They're yeah. very vulnerable this year. I, yeah, I really like the Jazz this year. So like just based off, I know we were saying that. Like I, I literally just said 15 minutes ago that we make too much out of free agent signings and stuff like that. But <laughs> you but love here we are. <laughs> but then, like you add them with Donovan Mitchell, and it's just like man, they were good last year, and they got better. Yeah, like significantly better. I, 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 they would be like my early pick for for a team that can make a run. All right, we'll book it. Uh, July second, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yep. Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz to make a run. Are you booking the Whatever plane tickets as well to Utah for the finals, boys? That'd sure. Be, that'd be pretty damn sure. close. Right. Yeah. I'll drive down to Salt Lake. Yeah, <laughs> go in with all those crazy fans, although they're not the best fans lately. No, heard hey? they're pretty mean yeah, people. they're pretty bad. So um, I guess we'll transition to some sad news around the ma- uh, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Tyler Skaggs of the Los Angeles Angels passes away at the age of 27. Um, definitely uh, very sad news. Don't know uh, cause of death, unfortunately, but... Uh, no, and we won't find that out for a long time. No. It came out that uh medical examiner is going to withhold the autopsy report from uh, family requests, so we're not going to hear about oh, that okay. till like, October 2nd on the earliest. Uh, but in any case, yeah, super sad. And uh, there was a lot of video that was coming around earlier today uh, from all of baseball, and, of course, specifically in Arlington, if that's where the Texas Rangers yeah. are still playing baseball, yeah. uh, between the Rangers and Angels. And I saw Patrick Corbin today wearing Skaggs' 45, 45 on the back, yeah. which was super cool. They were uh, really close friends. It's just super sad to see, man. It's 
it's been kind of a weird experience for me with with this last couple of days because uh, back in May I was in Anaheim and I saw an Angels uh, Blue Jays game while I was down there mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't see Skaggs pitch that day but he pitched the next night and that was a game we were also considering going to and so um, just seeing the photos of like the the memorial set up uh, the makeshift memorial outside of Angel Stadium and you know just knowing I was there two months ago and now it's turned into this makeshift memorial for this 27 year old guy it's uh, super sad and and you just can't help but think of you know ten years ago with Nick Aidenhart, um, mm-hmm. you know another one of the the Angels pitchers who passed away in a in a car crash as well. So it's it's just it tears at your heartstrings, and it's uh, the only good thing to see is is you know baseball and and the sports community as a whole. Because I saw you know uh, you know the the Minnesota Vikings tweeting about it. like this isn't this isn't just a baseball centric thing. This is no. across sports. This is across. Uh, any type of field to play so no just very sad mm-hmm. very yeah. sad our thoughts mm-hmm. are with uh, Tyler's family his wife and I think he had a young child as well so mm-hmm. thoughts are with Tyler and his family uh, I guess there's no easy way to transition but we'll get some local baseball in with the Medicine Mavericks they have themselves uh, a pretty decent week 3-3 three and three week like we mentioned <laughs> they're, they're pretty just, average yeah they're staying steady right they had a 3-3 three and three week last week they got swept in Regina by the Red Sox but then they come home and they sweep I think we said they were the 1-16 Yorkton Cardinals prior to this week so they, uh, they've gone up to two wins. Oh, they got that second uh, one. Mm. But uh, that's kind of the extent of where they're at. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough to take this three-game series. You know, I was talking to some of the players yesterday, and, you know, they're they're obviously excited getting the sweep. That's their first three-game win streak of the season, first three-game sweep they've had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can tell that there's a little bit of, like, all right, you know, it's good. It's confidence building for a team that hasn't had a ton recently, but you're still sweeping a two-win team. So, like, I I don't know if this past weekend really showcases what this team is going to be in the second half of the WCBL season, but, I mean, I guess three wins is three wins no matter who you're facing. Well, and when you look at it, it's almost... You're you're supposed to win the games that you're supposed to win. Yeah, and so I, they did that. They'd feel a lot worse if they went two and one. Ye- yesterday's so. game on Canada Day was probably, from what I've seen, uh, the most complete game that they've played in, if not the season, the past couple of weeks. Because um, Garrett Nicholson was just uh, an absolute gem on the mound. He threw seven and two thirds. Uh, he only gave up four hits, had zero earned runs at the time that he was pulled. Uh, two runs came in. So that kind of broke that uh, goose egg on the board, but he had a fantastic game on Canada day. And then the, the medicine hat bats, they got three runs in the first inning and kind of kept on them. They, uh, I just did a story today about uh, three new additions that they've had to the team because they've been so injury depleted and not a ton of depth over the past couple of weeks. And two of the infielders making up the left side and, uh, PJ Garcia and uh, Taylor Wright, no relation to Colton Wright. Um, mm. They uh, they've been coming through. Uh, PJ had f- was four for five the other day, and and Taylor Wright has uh, homered in his first game and has a couple RBIs as well. So welcome if to the team. If you're looking for positives to build on on the team for Medicine Hat, those are some of the guys that uh, are really stepping up. Yeah, and Rad I was looking good again, right? Yeah. Speaking of bats, I was going to say we got to shout out him. I know we speak of him like every second week, but yeah, between him and Adam Soka, it yeah. really just it changes between <laughs> one or the other here. Colby's player of the week goes the rad eye this week. He had 520 this week. No. 520. Uh, with five runs, scored a double and five RBIs. So shout out Nolan Radeye, local boy again, doing well. And the bats, like you said, the bats are swinging. Uh, if the pitching could come around, 
uh, and kind of save some of those runs where they'll be in pretty darn good shape. And so. I got to say for Radeye, just watching him, he his defensive game, especially this year, has really picked up. Like he's yeah. making some snags at second base that he necessarily wasn't making last year or the year before. And he really has become the the veteran leader in that infield. So good for him to see uh, the production keep going up. Out of boy. Uh, we mentioned this off mic, just heading into the podcast. Weird schedule this week. A little bit. These Mavs. It's a th- only a three game week, but they're. In Swift Current on Wednesday, we're recording mm-hmm. this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, they're home against Edmonton on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then they go back on the road to Swift Current on Friday. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you do. Why is this? Why? <laughs> I, I guess they've used <laughs> up their Western. quota for three-game series. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. That's weird. Western baseball at its finest? Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Thankfully, Swift isn't that far. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, if, you, if you're looking for you know some quick trips, I guess Swift isn't the worst possible no. in the league. It's not like you're heading up to Fort Mac for <laughs> a game here or there, but... That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's not it's a it's not a bad. Prince George trip in <laughs> December for the Tigers. Let's say yeah, exactly. And then they get a break because the All Star game is on Sunday. Yeah. I think. Right? Okay, there. Where is it held this year? Do you know? Uh, Edmonton. 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 Okay. Remax so, Field. Yep. On oh. the turf is uh I don't know this off by chance. Any Mavericks getting selected? Uh, for that? I'm so guessing there will be. Um, just knowing the size of the team, I don't think uh, the WCBL has come out with that yet. But uh, I'm sure in the next couple of days we'll uh, we'll find out who from uh, from the Mavs are going to be heading up. Is it one of those cases where like a representative from every team? You think? Or I would think best, at least one. But you you take a look at the size of the team just in terms of pitchers needed and and uh, mm-hmm. infielders, you know, and and outfielders as well. There's there's only so many teams in the league, so there, That's true. there's a pretty good chance at least one Mav is going to be headed to the Send John Velasco. I think he's still leading the league and hit by pitches. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't get you into the damn All-Star game, what does? I hope so. That's great. Um, uh, that's all I've got, boys. Is there anything else that's uh, oh, on the boy. tip of your tongue has um, me head off in this episode five? Well. Scan some notes. Yeah. Um, down the papers. Let's go back to the NHL for a second. Okay. No, I'm kidding. More signing. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I don't think we news? touched on, did we touch on the uh, Battle of Alberta goalie flipping? No, if no. we didn't, that's the thing. Obviously, you probably knew that by I, now. I think Greg Wyshynski put it best uh, talking to Sportsnet. Like, he posed the question, do, do the Flames and Oilers know there's other teams that they can <laughs> sign players from other than their own province? True. That's uh, a good point. I like Cam Talbot, though. Sneaky good signing. Sneaky not good. No, I, I don't. Career save percentage of like 915, so he... Uh, Ultim- he just had a down year. Ultimately, for both players, they're on one-year deals worth less than $3 million. Like, yeah. if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, exactly. and then move on to the next. God, this gave me enough time to All pull right. up Jesse's wrestling segment. No. Because, yeah, he'll he'll be upset if we don't no. do something. He, he there sent was, you a wrestling No, no, he didn't. I oh. went out of my way to find it. But oh, uh, AEW had Fighter Fest <laughs> on the weekend. This was actually trending news because Cody Rhodes... One of the main guys, main owners, I believe, of AEW. Forgive me, I'm not all that well-versed. But he took an unprotected chair shot on the weekend and got f- like 14 staples in the back of his head. Oh, wow. It was uh, it was a work chair to begin with. like It was pre-dented and everything. Okay. But the way it hit, it came around in the back of the chair, caught him right in the back of the head. Oh. And so, like, just, yeah. Clipped him open, 14 staples for uh, for Cody Rhodes. So debate in the comments what that means. I've, I don't know, but I've, I just want to Maybe Jesse can chime in. I've, yeah. I've never felt less like Jesse Christensen. Than <laughs> that, that's, that's all we got for Jesse's wrestling segment. That's all I know that I'm happened. Glad, I'm glad we got that in there. Um, shout out to, to Scott Roblin. Thank you yeah, so much. Scotty. Oh, thank you. Thanks yeah, Scotty. Thanks for having me, boys. Check we, him uh, out we, on, uh, on Twitter. Was it at Chat TV? At Rob- Chat TV Roblin. R O B L I N. Catch him on the evening news some nights and uh, reporting around this fine city of ours. So. And Daily Hive Calgary. He's and Daily dude. Hive Calgary, yes. Uh, so, yeah, thank you uh, for Scott Roblin, Lance Dahl, Colby McKee signing off for next week. We'll talk to you then.
Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs>